What's really important about being an entrepreneur is just relating with other people and telling them your ideas and what you want to do. And you got to be careful. Not everyone wants to hear everything that you have to say, but there are going to be people who genuinely do. Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 66 of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry. And this week, I've got Jordan Gray, founder of EarthSource.us, where they sell fresh-picked, uh, properly ripened, and delicious varieties of tropical fruit that's delivered straight to your door. And so in this episode, we'll be talking about selling perishable products and food on the internet, uh, scaling the business with both an offline and online business model, and some challenges of just you know how do you communicate the value proposition of food online when you can't really have a sample or uh, people might have questions about you know the quality and you know how do you communicate this through a website when it's something tangible that you actually buy. And before we start today, the blog post to check out is called "How to Build Great Products" at defmacro.com. And so this is kind of more of a software SaaS app uh, blog post, but it's basically uh, how do you build a great product that people want, and kind of it applies to e-commerce too because you know when you're manufacturing a product, something from scratch, you know how do you know what's a feature that's a game changer, uh, what's a showstopper. And what's really just a distraction that's keeping people from buying? And so in this article, uh, he talks about from a software perspective how uh, when you design features, you really put them into three buckets. Like I said before, uh, they're called a game changer, a showstopper, and a distraction. And so what do these three things mean? So a game changer is basically people want to buy a product because of X feature. And so maybe this is something like Google Glass because it's completely new. Uh, you can you know go online with your glasses or whatever. I haven't used one before, but basically it's something new that hasn't been seen and really kind of has a really strong USP. Uh, that's uh, it's a game changer. And so the second one is called a showstopper. So. What he says is people won't buy your product if they're missing this feature, but adding it won't generate additional demand. So for example, if you're selling phones, you know, you're designing mobile phones, maybe the phone quality is already really good, but if you increase it by say 300%, you know, it's nice to have, but the more you add to it, it doesn't really generate more demand because you know everyone has a basic expectation of some phone quality, but as if it gets two or three times better, it doesn't really matter, right? And so this is kind of like a place you can waste resources on. And so this is something he talks about in that post. And so third is called a distraction. And so this feature will make no measurable impact on adoption. And so uh, is this something just cool to have and you know kind of doesn't really get people to buy? Uh, if I would think of it, it would be like maybe a cup with two handles or something. Maybe it's cool to have, but it doesn't really seem, you know, to take away the USP from a teacup where you have kind of one handle. That's really all you need. So interesting article to check out. And he goes deeper into uh, resource allocation and kind of how do you tell the difference between what's a game-changing feature versus a showstopper uh, versus a distraction. And so basically the best way, he says, is to just get a, you know, inject yourself into the market, uh, talk to as many people as you can, uh, really get into the industry and wrap your heads around it. And so uh, if you remember Jimmy Hayes from Manal, I think it was episode 54, uh, they also recently launched their Kickstarter. And so uh, they raised, I think, 100K within four days. They hit their goals uh, within the first six hours, but they spent the past year and a half just really getting into the luggage uh, kind of carry on space, understanding why bags were made this way, uh, why certain materials were used, you know, what were the problems and kind of frustrations that travelers had uh, while they were on the road. And so they took all this 
knowledge, you know, really put themselves in the industry of both a customer and also as a manufacturer and really came up with this great bag that I'm also proud to back too. And I'll link to that in the show notes. And so as I said earlier, uh, the best way really to get this knowledge is to kind of get in the industry and talk to as many people as you can. And so kind of bring into a bigger picture. Uh, it's kind of one reason why I started uh, Baller Leather too. And so it lets me understand the struggles you're going through uh, as you run your e-commerce store and also gives me a better idea of on the other side, you know, what are people struggling with uh, kind of as I go through this myself and how I can integrate uh, what I do here at Build My Online Store and also uh, at BallerLeather.com. And so it's also a way to add uh, more value just beyond interviews by really immersing myself in that world too. And so uh, I guess this brings me to my news and updates. So uh, for Baller Leather, what I did last week was I did some outreach to some men's fashion blogs. Uh, there was a blogger uh, I found that had this Google spreadsheet of the top 230 men's fashion blogs you should follow. And he ranked them by, uh, you know, different uh, articles like uh, photography quality, uh, you know, type of content, uh, who it targets for. Because when you realize kind of in the fashion blog, there's like street fashion, very New York City, urban uh, type of style. Maybe you have like hipsters who wear like plaid shirts, you know, thick glasses. Uh, I don't really know that market. And then you kind of have like the professional crowd, kind of single guys that are having some more disposable income, want to look nice. Uh, maybe they're single. They're in big cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York City. And they just have money to spend on themselves to look sharper and kind of just improve their image. And so this is kind of the market I was looking for. And so among 200 blogs, I narrowed it down to maybe about 120. And I just emailed them uh, kind of a brief intro of what I do, uh, why I'm reaching out to them, you know, where I found them. And just really not pitching anything, but just asking them, hey, so how do you guys do product reviews? And, you know, how can I kind of work together with you to do something? And so uh, about 120 emails, I got about 10 responses and then six or seven that said yes. Uh, and so I'm still doing some more samples. And I told them, hey, maybe later in early November uh, when I get something on, uh, more solidified, different more product lines, we can do something. Maybe we can do a giveaway or a contest uh, before Christmas for your audience. And so that's something uh, that's in the works right now. Uh, very excited. And so with that being said, uh, let's get into this week's episode. If you have any questions, comments, uh, feedback, shoot me an email, uh, terry at store. Uh, dot com. And so if you haven't joined the newsletter yet, uh, also uh, join up there, keep in touch with any updates. Uh, you also get a free report on the top five tools uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs use to build an online store and also the ones that I'll be using uh, as I expand bottle leather uh, into my own brand and manufacturing for uh, men's leather accessories. Today, I got Jordan Gray, founder of EarthSource.us, where they sell fresh picked, properly ripened, and delicious varieties of tropical fruit uh, out of Florida that's delivered straight to your doors. So, uh, Jordan, real quick, uh, for those of us who may not know who you are, uh, who are you and what do you do? Hi, Terry. Thanks for having me. You know, EarthSource is just the synthesis of my passion for the highest quality food. Uh, and my desire to share it with as many people as possible. We sell out of this world fruits and organic vegetables. Uh, we have an online store, earthsource.us, and we also sell to uh, uh, retail chains such as Whole Foods. Believe it or not, produce quality varies quite a lot from farm to farm, week to week, and season to season. Our secret is both the ability to pick you know, the very best stuff that we have 
and considerably reduce that time to market, which is a very big issue in our, our industry. So our model is essentially like a farm to door, farm to store. So that means you get from the farm to like the person's house, like I can order it online and I can also go to Whole Foods. Right, exactly. So our online store um, part of our business is someone can just go online and they can place an order. What will end up happening is we actually pick the produce to order and put it in the box that same day and it goes out to people. They get it in a couple of days. Typically, a lot of our produce, because it's tropicals, will take a couple of days to ripen and then people can have you know a really fantastic experience getting something that is incredibly fresh and incredible incredibly high quality yeah so you guys sell a lot of exotic fruits right how did you come up with all these different types of fruits we didn't create them but we hope to popularize them more our goal when we started the company was definitely to get the word out there about uh, some of these tropicals unfortunately the issue has been that in our industry with tropical fruits there has been a very low quality standard that's been set and therefore people really have had poor experiences too much of the time to where these things just haven't gotten popular so one of our goals is to is to sort of correct that and work with our growers to improve those standards that's funny you have one of my favorite fruits, the lychees on there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually started selling lychees on the side of the road, believe it or not, to to start getting some capital for our business uh, right at the beginning. We had 100 customers just on the side of the road. Yeah. I noticed some stores in the US, they sell like uh, lychee smoothies or like slushies that are really good. And <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I can't comment too much on those because I haven't seen that. Most of that is uh, stuff that has been imported and typically with a ton of flavor enhancers. Lychees, it turns out, they sort of ripen on the tree and then therefore they actually end up sort of rotting very quickly. So they have to really be moved right to the destination where they're going to be sold in about a day or you start to see them brown and they're not very good. So that's why they're not as popular as they might be because they actually are fantastically popular here in South Florida, but they're not as popular elsewhere just because of the expense. And you almost have to do our model for that fruit, for the fruit to even be good at all. Yeah. And like the canned ones I see sometimes, like those <laughs> taste, they're so like, oh, you're just like, you just know you're eating out of a can. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, I live in Asia, you know, fresh, they're just freaking Awesome. And so you were talking about how you also sell offline. So I'm just curious, um, you know, are most of your customers finding you in like a supermarket or online? We have actually a fairly diverse set of customers in terms of, you know, where they might live because we have an online store and we, we ship all over the United States. We also have customers in stores like Whole Foods. We don't interact so much with the Whole Foods customer base, uh, but it is still a, a fair, there's a certain amount of an ethnic market there as well as uh, people who want to give our stuff uh, a try. I see. I see. Right, and so let's go back to the beginning of this business. So, you know, how did you decide on this? idea and you know what was like kind of the basic story when you started out earth source really began out of my own personal needs it's like a lot of you know really wonderful businesses do growing up i i ate the standard american diet which was you know, mainly processed food with a little bit of fruits and vegetables you know just a little bit mac and cheese and maybe an apple <laughs> yeah well you know maybe a quarter of an apple i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah in, in around 2007 my health was just so poor and deteriorating that i really figured out that i had to do something because i was having trouble continuing to go to school as fate would have it i was actually given a really groundbreaking book the 80 10 10 diet which really just change my perspective on health and nutrition. Now, after reading that book, I completely decided I was going to change my diet and eat predominantly fruits and vegetables. Now, because I wasn't paying attention to produce at that time, I was just really in awe of just how much fruits and vegetables were out there in the world. But once I started actually eating uh, these 
fruits and vegetables, I really figured out why no one seems to buy any of them. And the reason for that is actually that they're not very good. What I ended up doing, because I like the internet, and that's why I started an online store, you know, at least in part. And so I began searching online and uh, connecting with uh, other people who wanted to eat this way. And I eventually found that Florida actually has an abundant group of tropical fruits and, and other fruits for that matter that are available year round. You know, that's something that when you're from New York City, where I, which is where I'm from and I was living there at the time, you're not really necessarily able to get quality produce, even if you go to a farmer's market, more than a couple months of the year. I eventually found farmers who were willing to ship from their farms directly to me and I thought that was just the most fantastic thing ever. And when I got these fruits, what I ended up finding was that some of them were just absolutely better than anything I had ever tasted and really changed my whole thinking and paradigm on what a fruit could be or what a vegetable could actually be. Unfortunately, only about 50% of the fruit that I actually ended up getting was any good. And that really started to make me try to work with these farmers and over the phone, that is, and say, listen, you know, what can you do to try to improve it? And I think that's really where it started for me. Over time, I decided to keep ordering it just because I, I wanted to have the good experiences and at least, you know, 50% of something that was, you know, great half the time and not as good, you know, or not very good at all. The other half the time was better than what I was currently having access to. I, I just decided that I was going to do that. And I got really, really passionate about tree ripened mangoes and pineapple and, and a fruit called mame sapote. What I want to convey to everyone is most people eat fruit that is highly, highly, highly unripe. Most people have never seen a yellow pineapple and actually fully ripened pineapple in their whole life. They have only seen what is in a supermarket in general, which is green pineapples. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just not nearly what it could be. And if we would only take the time to ripen it and take the time to get it directly to customers, we would actually have a chance of delivering a fully ripened piece of food. So it's funny you mentioned that I just had some pineapple yeah. the other day. Like, so how would I know it's actually ripe? Well, you can you can go on our Facebook and t take a look at our pineapples. But the other way you would know is just the pineapple is supposed to be a golden yellow from tip to tip as far as the actual fruit is concerned. Obviously, the stalk above it is, is green, but the pineapple is supposed to be yellow. It's not supposed to be green or green with some yellow in it. It's supposed to be yellow. So I guess each fruit has its own way of testing it. Like, I guess like a watermelon. You see, like, like you know, like my mom, she like pats the watermelon to make sure it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of like this, like old Asian <laughs> ladies do this, and I'm sure there's like other things people do. Right? There is, but some of the fruit ripens off the tree like bananas, and that's an easy choice for the customer or the consumer to make and go, oh, this banana has spots on it. it it's actually ripe. The problem with the pineapple is it doesn't ripen off the tree or off the plant actually, and therefore when you get it in the store, it will somewhat change color, but it will never fully ripen the way that it is. Supposed to, and that that's that's uh, it's kind of a shame. So Terry, what I ended up doing is moving to Florida and starting an online store because I felt like it was the best way, the best format for us to start getting things out there. And I think online stores are a great place to learn a variety of skills, but also, you know, to really test your idea, test your product. It doesn't cost that much to start one. You can really go in any direction you want and try the craziest thing you can think of and try to see, you know, who will follow you. So you said you mentioned you moved to Florida. You just on a whim decided to move closer to the farmers to work with them or? Yeah, I actually moved to attend the University of Miami, but a lot of the impetus to do so was to start this business, to start a business in, in, in that realm. So I, I did do that. I see. So you had no background in like agriculture or anything like that. This is all self-taught? I had a background in living in a city. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess that's enough to tell you that you need to change things too. Right? Yeah. Well, what I found is that if you're really passionate about something and you really want to understand it, 
you will start to understand patterns and you can get to the level where, you know, you can be the best at what you do, or at least, you know, one of the best at what you do. And that was something that I feel like I really wanted to go after. I started to under- to see that I was able to predict things and understand things about uh, produce that farmers w- weren't necessarily uh, picking up on because I was actually eating the produce. A lot of these farmers, they don't actually eat a lot of what they sell because they've had it for 20 years and it's no longer interesting to them the way it was when they started. This was a great business for New Blood to come in and say, you know, I'm going to watch every one of these mangoes and I'm going to really try to understand how does this ripen and why didn't it ripen properly and ask those questions. And so, you know, you said you started with an online store. How did you make the transition to offline, like say in Whole Foods or distribution? We were selling online and we were definitely starting to become successful. But what we wanted was to move more volume because that's really what our farmers needed. We were not really that interested in getting into the wholesale market because I had heard that it was very cutthroat, that it was very difficult and that people didn't care about quality that much. And so I started to say, well, Maybe they would if we, we would do something different, or maybe they would if we could offer this quality at, a, at the competitive prices that some of this other stuff is and change the model a little bit. So we were able to eventually approach uh, Whole Foods, uh, who we felt like would be the best match for our product. Mm-hmm. I understand that process is quite long, right? To like get qualified by them, or like talking to the buyers. and It could be almost infinite if you don't have uh, sort of an inside person. But you know what? I'll tell you something. What's really important about being an entrepreneur is just relating with other people and telling them your ideas and what you want to do. And you got to be careful. Not everyone wants to hear everything that you have to say, but there are going to be people who genuinely do and want to help you and they do want you to succeed. And there certainly are those people in Whole Foods. We were given an opportunity and then we were given a second opportunity with them. Um, And now we do almost 30 products, 30 SKUs. so. So for someone who's trying to get into a place like Whole Foods, I mean, like who are the main players you need to know? Like besides yourself, I mean, are there like buyers you need to know or like who are the main roles within the business? Whole Foods is a very interesting organization and I absolutely love their model. What they do is that every store has a certain amount of autonomy, meaning that they have a certain set of decisions that they can make. It's not a chain store in a traditional sense where there's one corporate office, corporate headquarters that sort of delegates and decides, okay, well, you guys are all going to carry these things and you know, you just manage it and we'll tell you what to do. And instead of um, a very you know, complete hierarchy like that, um, the stores actually can make a certain amount of uh, decisions as to what they want to carry. That being said, it is still important to know regional and even national buyers um, within Whole Foods. How do you get to do that? Uh, that's a very challenging process. Typically, you need to find someone who knows someone else. And that's how we were able to to get into Whole Foods is that we knew a couple of people who have known the buyers and almost everybody in the leadership in the Florida office for, for many, many years. I see. So, so they have buyers at the local store, the regional level and the national level? Is that what I'm getting at? Or? Well, the, the buyers are only regional, but each store themselves has um, a produce manager and a grocery manager, and they can have some autonomy, my understanding is, in terms of what they do. Not every product, from what I understand, is like that, uh, but certainly we represent the specialty buying within Whole Foods among some of the mainline products we do, like mangoes. Each individual store has to actually order it, and it's through a consolidation of those orders that we get a, an actual 
purchase order from Whole Foods. Oh, I see. So each store could have some products that you can't find, say, in California. Definitely. Whole Foods is still a large organization, and therefore you will definitely see the large majority of things there probably overlapping uh, within the same region. I can't comment too much on what's in California versus what's in Florida, but I, I can say within you know the, the 19 Florida stores, you know we've sold our products too. That's just the way that, that they function, where they have a certain amount of things that are the same and uh, a couple of differences. So I guess organically, you know, some new business could grow locally within a regional Whole Foods and then kind of expand nationally within the organization, it sounds like. Yeah, well, that's actually what we're trying to do uh, right now. We are in Whole Foods, Florida, and we are attempting to have our mangoes become a product that is more of a national brand, national product. Let's back up a little bit more. So, you know, what were some of the initial challenges you had uh, kind of starting out? Well, starting out, I, I would like to just say that one of my largest frustrations in starting a company that, that I've done, and I've done actually a number of businesses within uh, the Orthosource brand, which is farmers markets as well. We don't do those anymore, but we've started a lot of things and I, I just love to do new things. So I love starting things from sort of the ground up. With those meager beginnings, what you, you tend to find out there is that almost every business that you want to interface with is a business that is designed for other big business and as opposed to you know small businesses that are trying to really uh, grow something as organically as possible. And it really doesn't matter who you're interfacing with, whether it be UPS, your box supplier, your good supplier. It's like every single one of these people wants to know how much volume, what is your projection fiscally for this year? I mean, just things that you could never tell anyone when you're starting uh, a business. Sometimes you feel like these people don't even really want to do any work, but the, but the reality is that they get a lot of phone calls. A lot of people you know, interface with a lot of different businesses and they have to try to do the best they can to uh, figure out who's actually sort of the contender from the pretender. And so you definitely want to know what you're doing when you get into working with UPS. If you're starting an online store, you, you may want to talk to someone who's already started an online store and try to understand your options before you make the phone call because they may sort of not treat you uh, the same way that they might treat a bigger business. Yeah. So you brought, up, you brought up an interesting point, how they ask you for your projections. I mean, how, how do you... Like for someone just starting out, I don't even know how much I'm going to do. How do I even get an idea of what to tell them? You know, that, that's a great question. I, I don't I don't have a really good answer for this. Some of the times, depending on who we're working with, we will simply do our very best if we feel like that those people are not just cogs in the wheel, but they really understand, you know, the idea of growing a business. And we try to come off as competent as we can. And, and really try to communicate that we are growing a business and be and be clear about exactly how that we intend on doing that to the best that you can so that people will believe in your vision and your ability to lead and your ability to grow something. So that's been the general uh, rule is to just, for me is just to, to try to find people who will not force me to give them a year projection. Yeah, so you just you kind of want to set the right expectations. You don't want to say, oh, I'm going to ship 10,000 units right. a month and suddenly you're only moving like 1,000. Right, well, we're also, we're about customer and we're about products. We're not about other businesses that want to make money from us. We very much appreciate those people's help. And, you know, UPS honestly has been fantastic. They have done a great job uh, for our customers. But at the same time, we don't work for them. They work for us. We work for the customers. You know, we work for the products and we work to try to do something really incredible in the world, you know, every day. We're not about UPS. You know, our customers don't care about UPS. They care about our products. And so we will do our very best to continue to focus on that and not worry too much about what those people want and just try to find the best partners we can. UPS has been a good partner. Uh, FedEx was not a good partner for us. They wanted us to be a big business already. And that was not something that worked for us. So sometimes you gotta shop around. Yeah, exactly. And so you brought up an interesting point about shipping your products. So, you know, it's 
it's one thing to see a mango online versus in like a whole food. So have you found this to be challenging when you're selling the fruits online? Or? We have found our entire business challenging from the perspective of our product is one that is relatively inexpensive comparatively to the weight of the product and the expense on the shipping. It has been a little bit of a challenge to try to convince people that this is a really, really, really efficient system and actually that they're getting a really good deal, despite that you know it, it may seem as if um, they're paying a lot for shipping or whatever it may be. The reality is that for us to put it in a store, it typically would cost the exact same as if they were to order it online. And the difference being that uh, they get it you know, from us, which means they have a guarantee because um, that's what we do with everything that we do, and they get it right to their door. The only difference is that they do have to invest in buying a little bit more product. The smallest box from us is about seven or eight pounds uh, versus one mango, which may be just a pound. So there's a little bit more of an investment. And that's definitely been a little bit of a struggle just to get people to buy from us initially. Typically, once we get people interested in our product, they stick with us because they know we have the best and that there is no other option, <laughs> in all honesty, to get that high quality of food. Yeah, that's interesting because I guess if you're paying the same amount either on a store or online, really the cost is just shifted, right? Like you pay it online, you're getting it maybe direct from the farm, but you're paying for the shipping. But if you buy it from the store, you're paying the distribution and the retailer. Exactly. You know, we've had an interesting group of people contact me and our, and our business many, many different times. And it seems as if they're always trying to, to meet up with us when they're on vacation in Florida. And they want to like find our store because we run an online store. We don't run a store. We Our stuff is at Whole Foods in Florida and it's you know shipped nationwide. So that's that's the best thing that we can really do right now. But they want to save you know the $10 on shipping and come meet up with us. And what we want to do is just explain to them that it actually would be more expensive to meet up with them to do that. We don't have the capital for a brick and mortar and you know we actually feel like quality may go down. This way we can actually do a pick to order every single time and people know what they're getting. And so we, get, we do not compromise the integrity of what we're of our product and we don't have to sell popcorn too because we need people to come to our store to pay our rent yeah exactly and if you need like bricks and mortars you need like to store all the products and like all this yeah i mean it's, it's a different it's a different kind of undertaking and, and what we want to do is be very careful and and making sure that we're consistently delivering that highest level experience and you know, if we can't do that with a particular model, we'd probably rather not do that. And we'd rather stick to what EarthSource is all about, which is what I said, you know, when, when we began the program, which is we want to give people the very finest food and share it with as many people as we can. Yeah. So demographically, who are your typical customers that kind of buy from you from the feedback you've gotten? People who are interested in their health are who our customers are. I mean, they, they are the people who they sit around, they read health books, and they take considerable effort to make sure that their food is the best it can be. They're concerned with how things are grown. They're concerned with whether it's, you know, ripe. They're, they're, we love our customers. They're smart, savvy. They know if, you know, we gave them something fantastic or slightly less than fantastic, and they become aficionados of the things that we sell. We cannot compete on price. We're not interested in, in trying to fight people for the lowest price. What we actually are interested in, uh, Terry is in the in the highest value. The point is, you pay you know two dollars and twenty five cents for a mango, um, and it's fantastic. Or you pay a dollar, and half of them are bad, or more than half of them are bad. I, I feel in a lot of cases that we deliver some of the very best value that there is out there, and that is one great thing about the online store is that if you do want a decent amount of fruit, not just you know one mango here or there, our online store is is acceptable value and we guarantee it every single time that it's going to be or we replace it and there's never been a case where we haven't uh, granted a customer's request on that 
Um, we don't have that many of those problems, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So how did you come up with that guarantee then? I'm kind of curious. Did you do that from day one or? That's another good question. We did decide that that was a really good thing at the very beginning because it was very clear to me that that was the big issue. And that's why there was no industry of tropical fruit online. There were some people who were doing it, but they didn't have professional packaging. They didn't have much of a system. You had to call them on the phone. The reason that this could not grow and will not grow uh, it will, is because no one wants a product that's only 50% consistent. And so with that, we feel selling fruit online is all about customer's trust, you know, first and foremost people return to buy fresh produce based on their, their trust of it. All the signs and marketing in the world can't make up for you know, poor product. You know, we've come a long way with our quality control and our, our growing programs. We don't want to be involved in a, in, a, in a produce business where people can't expect at least a very good experience every single time. And it's not always the same because it is produce, but we feel really good about uh, the stuff that we've sent, that we've shipped. I mean, with this guarantee, you really had to up your game. Otherwise, I think most vendors that you say, you know, half the fruit's bad, they wouldn't go online with this model because then you get all these returns, right? And yeah. kind of by guaranteeing this, you have to give like the best products you can. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally that way. And that's why you don't see uh, a million competitors because the reality is it's very difficult to do this. And we've spent... We spent a couple of years trying to figure this this whole thing out. And were you ever scared that, you know, this guarantee people would like take advantage of it? Like they would like eat the fruit and then they'd be like, hey, you know, this sucked. I, I want I want a new batch or. Well, you know, I believe that if you're doing something really good and you're doing it the best that you can and you put the proper systems in place, that it's going to be very difficult for people to take advantage of you. You see, we understand because we actually eat what we sell. We know what we just sold people. We know how well it's going to do. And we have we have tested it many, many times. It would be very difficult for someone, you know, one time it's possible that someone can say, hey, th this fruit went bad. And we, we couldn't actually know completely whether they're telling the truth. But if we have two weeks in a row where they had a problem and nobody else did, we could inquire. It's never happened. We Our customers typically will send us pictures if they ever have a problem. We're, and we always say, we don't, we don't need to see the pictures. We trust you. And that's worked out incredibly well for a couple percentage of the time that it does work. Yeah, and so for them, I think to have someone that trust the customer even that much, they would really feel bad by taking advantage of this too, I think. Terry, integrity is really something that's really important to me because that's how you build a company to last. Uh, there are plenty of people out there who start uh, in produce and they just they just try to sell as much as they possibly can. And, you know, if it's good, great. And if it's not, well, how, you know, how not great is it? But I'm very clear about this. That's the model that we believe that it's going to lead to some sustainability for the products that we want to introduce, you know, to kind of the whole world and not just, you know, the continued uh, the continued poor quality produce that's in, um, you know, a couple of specialty supermarkets. Yeah, but I think... You know, interesting point, because I think 10 years ago, you really had no choice, right? Because no one had an online store. You had the information transparency wasn't there. Absolutely. And so, you know, let's move into a little bit about like some mindset stuff. So, you know, before we recorded, you know, you were saying, you know, a business is the opportunity, the change you wish to see. So, you know, what do you mean by that? Right. I absolutely love entrepreneurship. The entrepreneurial spirit is just a beautiful thing. For me, business is an opportunity uh, to be like Gandhi says, you know, the change that we all wish to see in the world. And our food, to me, you know, is that change that I wish to see. It's, you know, it's my own personal dream. My dream, and it has brought me a lot of joy, is to hear from the uninitiated of our business, wow, I had no idea 
that the produce could taste so good, that 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 mango could be so good. That's basically why we do what we do. That's why I you know get up every day and I I want people to give me feedback. I, I you know if if people are really happy, I want to hear about it. If if something didn't work out, we want to hear about it. We want to take this to the next level, and we want customers to to see things differently. We want people to have different health food options than granola or you know some underripe peaches that came from Chile. We want other options. And for Florida uh, tropical fruit to be in the supermarket and actually succeed or you know at someone's door and actually succeed for someone, you know it could change the way that people choose to eat, you know at least in some small way and I would feel really really good about that. So, so when people tell you, you know, wow, I never had a, had idea mangoes are this good. You know, is it like a life-changing thing for them or like at one time, like, wow, I didn't know this. It really depends on what you want a mango for. Most people are really taken by what we have done. And some people say, you know, wow, that's incredible. And then they go back to eating whatever it is that they were eating. You know, back when we used to do the farmer's market, we had that experience. But sometimes it would really change people's perspective because what people would say would be, you know, I could eat this thing all day. And we would say, well, that's exactly the point. You could eat this thing all day. And this is a much better uh, substitute to process, you know, health food or process junk food or whatever it may be. This is, you know, this is one of the best things. And it's one of the most, you know, environmentally friendly things that we could be putting in our body. Um, so the more fruit, the better. You are what you eat, right? So. Yep. Yep. I think I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny to see different industries kind of like a bigger picture thing where I think the past 10, 15 years, you, know, you wanted to make the cheapest product at the most volume possible, not just in like food, processed food, but you also see it in like, you know, like clothing, cheap generic products at Walmart. And you're seeing a big movement of kind of going more boutique and kind of back to like the mom and pop style. Well, I think what we're seeing is a savviness of the idea of value. Customers are now starting to really ask themselves, is what I'm doing working? The fact that I can get 10 shirts for a dollar or 10 pieces of fruit for a dollar, if I end up with you know, only one fruit that I can actually eat, then it wasn't a really good deal, now was it? It's nature's design for us to all you know, try to perceive value. And certainly, you know, since I've gotten into business, I feel like you know, we're seeing that more and more. The people who have sought us out and who actually want that experience are just overjoyed. But the fact that we even exist, because they know that they're going to get the best value and they know we're going to stand behind it. And that's great too. But they just, they know that the value is going to be there. They know that, you know, when they spend 30 or $40, that they're going to get 10 pieces of great fruit or whatever it may be. And that's something that I think we're seeing in, in a lot of different industries right now. Yeah. And I think especially with the transparency now online, like, you know, if you don't really offer genuine value, like people are going to find out very quick. Right, exactly. I, I think it's hard to run an online business with a lack of guarantee. I mean, it is something that you don't see a lot in produce. A lot of times it's more of an all sales or final type of thing, as long as, you know, the produce itself isn't rotten when the person got it and someone could, could although Whole Foods, um, they allow people to take things back, produce included. It's almost impossible to run an online store successfully uh, without that kind of model. Yeah, we knew we had to get our produce to that level uh, where we wouldn't lose a lot of money because we were constantly refunding people. Yeah, I think produce is a different industry because I think some people when they buy stuff in the supermarket it goes bad 
or is some quality like so most people just like throw it away, right? Well, I mean, I suppose if it's a you know a two dollar item, going back to the store probably costs more than two dollars in gas. So, <laughs> you know, it depends on you know you know the value of what people are buying. Essentially, you know, it, it, certainly I know I would go and take something back if it's probably more than ten dollars, and if it's not, I, I may not bother, especially if I just want to support that uh, that company and that organization. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. And so one thing I want to go into fruits. There, um, so all your fruits are they available all season? like throughout the year because i understand some are like more seasonality based right fruit in general and and this is just you know again pretty much in line with nature is a seasonal crop um with the exception of uh, our bananas that we sell we sell a very very cool variety of bananas called ice cream bananas twice as sweet twice as creamy it's really a great experience but the rest of the the produce that we sell in general is seasonal typically with a three to six month season there is always something kind of new on our site and there's always almost something leaving uh, on our site. So um, that's something that we need people to understand. And that's why we have a seasonal availability list, um, you know, where you can look at this grid and go, oh, I know when this is going to be in season. Mm -hmm. And so for someone who's never tried, say, like passion fruit, you know, star fruit or sugar apple, you know, like, uh, like how do you get them kind of into the into the world of, you know, of, of which, where you live. The way that we have people join our world is to offer them something called a tropical mix box. Uh, we put that on sale um, a decent amount of the time. We also know that there is a certain leap of faith that has to has to come. And that's, again, why guaranteeing is important, uh, but also just um, telling people the truth and, and saying, look, you know, and word of mouth too. I mean, look, we have the very best stuff. I guarantee it. Try it. Try me, so to speak. And that works as long as you actually do have the very best stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's right. And so let's move on into the future a little bit. So, you know, what are some kind of new projects or kind of products that are in the works? We have a couple of different uh, projects that we're really, really excited about. Um, we have a, a, pro a program called the LOP program, which is a local organic produce program. This is for uh, retailers. And what we're doing with that is um, basically growing a ton of different vegetables here in Florida to meet the organic demands of Florida. Because a lot of the stuff is actually brought uh, from California or um, somewhere in the Northeast in the summer and stuff like that. So we're really we're really interested in, in uh, making an impact in, in terms of delivering much fresher produce that people are more familiar with. So we, we would like to round out um, what we do a little bit and make sure that we're doing organic vegetables. So that's that's definitely one of our main projects. We also plan to do some uh, dried products. I feel like that could be you know really interesting. We're not completely sure of all the different things we're going to do, but we have a lot of different products um, available to, to try to take a look at. Okay, which which things would people like and what's going to be good value? What, what fills um, a need that people are maybe not filling so healthfully? And that would be something that we would like to do. Mm -hmm. I see, I see. And so just to wrap things up, you know, are there any resources that people can check out to get educated kind of like on food quality and just knowing more about what you eat? Like any recommended places you would tell them to visit? There's a lot of places uh, to go and a lot of people are willing to tell you what they have to say. I think that if you're interested in food in general, you know, you want to go to the sources of the best food and you want to try it out. And it's not that expensive to, to try something out. A lot of websites, including mine, uh, give a guarantee for whatever it may be, coffee, fruit. Um, so I think if you're really interested in trying some foods, that's what you want to do. If you're interested in health advice, um, I'm not really the person to, to give health advice, but there are tons of different different people who you know have a lot of different diet approaches and there's many many documentaries out there that will uh, talk about the scientific um, you know, the scientific implications of eating this diet or that diet and so I think everyone has to sort of find their own path um, but I do feel and, and you know 
this is, you know, my own personal perspective that um, fruit is highly um, under eaten in our country. Vegetables are, you know, somewhere where they've been for a while, but fruit has gotten, uh, it, it not only has it gotten worse, but the volumes that are sold is, is, are lower. And, and I feel like they're going to continue to get lower. Um, and I think the quality is important. And so that is an important fix that our entire industry needs to work on so that people can eat more fruit. And I, I definitely feel like if we can eat more fruit, um, you know, I lost uh, over 40 pounds when I first started changing uh, the way I was eating. So it, it's, it's definitely something that I, I have a lot of friends who have, who have done that kind of a diet where they're eating mostly fruits and vegetables. Uh, but there's tons of different resources out there. I don't have any specific ones that I would that I would give right now. Yeah, that's a fair answer. We don't want to just give blanket medical advice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's got to be some disclaimer before I say anything else. <laughs> yeah, so uh, personally, what's your favorite fruit? Uh, my favorite fruit? Well, my favorite fruit is mango. Um, mango, uh, and we sell about uh, 15 varieties of mango throughout the season. Um, on our website, it's just called mango because what we want to do is sell the one that we think is the very best that week, essentially. But mango has a lot of different tastes to it. You can really get very complex. It's like a fine wine, um, except it's a fine fruit. I think mango has some of the most unique and different tastes, and yet is um, probably the fruit that I feel the most satisfied and happy with, no matter when I eat it. Other things I get a little bit more bored with over time if I eat a lot of it, but mango is never boring. Yeah, there's just something about, you know, peeling a mango and just biting into it and the, the taste, you know, <laughs> like it's hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. And so, you know, for the audience members who want to buy the pretty much the best fruit in the U.S., you know, where can we find you guys online? Okay, we're at earthsource.us, just like it sounds, planetearthsource.us. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jordan. I think that's it for me, and uh, I guess we'll keep in touch. Okay, sounds wonderful, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.